Freak Nation, his name is Antron Brown. He is a three-time NHRA Top Fuel champion. and We caught up with him earlier uh, this week, and we talked a little bit about Indianapolis and the big win at the Big Go, Flannels Lucas Oil Colors. But he also had to put on a suit and sit in front of the U.S. Senate to talk about the RPM Act. We'll get to that, but here's your bud, Antron Brown here in the Lucas Oil Studios. I want to get to the your appearance in front of Congress or the Senate, I should say, but uh, let's go over what happened last weekend, Labor Day weekend, and really what you had to overcome. The fastest field in Big Go history or the fastest field in top view? Whatever it was, you found an ounce of power to win that race that uh, not a whole lot of people thought you had in you. What did you find? Oh, Kenny, what we found was uh, we just started finding ourselves. You know what I mean? We started finding where we just put our head down and uh, we wanted to move up. We qualified number five out of a 25-car field, and it was stout. I mean, number 16 qualifier was a 75. That's that's getting it, brother. Like, five years ago, it would probably been number one qualifier. So, with that being said, for us, is that we, we were trying to qualify and run, like, in the 60s in qualifying where we could move up in the top three, but that didn't happen for us because we missed out in our fifth qualifying session due to rain for us. And then we just got in race day and we just started picking at it. Like, you know, we had a tough first round matchup, got through that, got the second round matchup up against Steve Tarks, got through that. And then uh, and trip, we had Trip Tatum, trip Tatum first round and then Steve-O second round. And Justin Ashley, we, we pushed the Coles to it and went a 69 against him. And then we raced the juggernaut of teams out there right now who's number one in points, which is Brittany Force with uh, – David Grubnick and our guys just kept their head down. Brian and Mark and Brad and the rest of the boys, they kept their head down and and we stuck right around Brittany there in the final where we let the whole we let the whole race from start to finish. So that was definitely a good statement to bring that big go home because not only did we win the race, but uh there were 25 cars there that were showing out. Mm-hmm. Like everybody came and brought their A plus level game and and to win that race, you had to beat the best of the best. So uh, that that really feels good for our team and to carry that momentum going into the countdown. So what was it, Antron? What changed on race day? But you were also wanting it to go down in the fifth round of qualifying had that taken place. You said you wanted a 60 then or you were shooting for a 60 then. You got that in the semifinals against Justin Ashley. So what changed from your setup from the first two rounds of eliminations to those last two where you were just, I mean, you were stout all day, but those last two, woo, they were on fire. Yeah, we, you know, the hardest part for us, Crash, was that that track was super good. It was good enough where you could ran like a 65. But the problem that everybody had on doing it it had a lot of water grains in the air. Now, I know I'm getting scientific on everybody, but what I mean is there's a lot of humidity, a lot of moisture in the air, and I think that dampened everybody's tune-up, where Brainerd, it was a lot drier air. It had like 50 grains of water in the air, and Indy, we were fighting out over 130 water grains, like double the water. It was like, it was like water hanging in the air, and as you know, if you want to have a big fire or a big bang, like a big boom, like, it's got to be dry. It's got to be dry. And it was just tough for all of us to make power. The track was good enough to run world record numbers. 
but it was hard for all of us to make really big power to run those low ETs. You know what I mean? And, uh, and for us, we just kept on digging, like tuning it up more. Brian kept on tuning it up more. We kept on moving some stuff around. In the final, we really didn't show where we had our car was really on a high 68 run. Our car actually dropped a hole right before half track. So let me ask you a question. We're, we're going to talk about uh, climate change kinds of things when you talk to uh, Congress. What has climate change done to the performance of the top fuel cars, uh, the heat and uh, everything that climate change brings to the car? What has that done to the performance of the race car on the track? Well, the weather... I would say weather change for sure. Like weather change, it affects everything that we do on the racetrack. So if it's got more ambient sun out, like if you have more radiant sun, we, we rate that like from one to 10, like our TRD folks do. And then when you get more sun on the racetrack, it actually makes the racetrack get hotter and it makes the rubber that's on the racetrack get more gooey, like chewing gum where it gets more slick and it brings the oil up out the, out the rubber where when we go out there, we try to hit it hard. When you go out on the racetrack, it's got like a 140-degree track tip that's really, really hot. Like we race Topeka. You could, we, have, we could still make good power, but then we don't have no traction. So we can't apply the clutch like we want to to yield the ETs that we're looking for, like the quicker ETs. But as the sun goes down, you get a little cloud cover or the sun's going down, the sun's setting and the track gets shade on it, and it goes down from like 130 degrees down to like 100 degrees per se. Now the track, once it gets down to 100 degrees, is getting into that optimum temperature. The optimum temperature for a racetrack, I would say it's always between 85 to 95 degrees. That is an optimum track because it's not really like hard or stiff. I would say the rubber has like a little bit of give to it where you can get some wheel speed and get going. And then you could yield those world record ETs. Well, when the track gets below 85 degrees, then it starts getting to the danger zone where I say it gets really, really tight and it gets hard where it has no give. And it's like super traction where you can't get the car up on the wheels to get those big ETs where Indy got like that, where it got really, really good, where we didn't have enough power to make the tires do what we wanted to do. Or you do like what Steve-O did when he hit the gas it hooked so hard it jumped off the ground and then spun the tires because you hit too hard without it giving a little bit. So it's a, it's a whole science to it. And it's crazy how the weather, the sun, the temperature and everything's got it in our race. And we have to be balanced the right amount of power with the right amount of clutch goes with the right amount of traction. And when you get all three of those to line up, that's when you, you drop the boom on everybody. Drop the boom. That's what every kid in this world wants to do. Drop the boom. We've been talking a little bit right now. We're talking with Antron Brown, Indy Big Go winner with NHRA Top Fuel at the at the Lucas Oil Indianapolis Raceway Park just last weekend, the Big Go. But real quick, we've been talking a little bit on mic, off mic. Statman has a really good point about an article that came out this week with the lack of young names coming into the big part of NHRA drag racing, how there needs to be a way to attract 
younger, more diverse crowds. And my goodness, you're doing it. I mean, every science kid around the country right now that's listening to this is like, this is fun. I want to do this. How can I get in with Antron Brown to talk about the weather and, and track conditions? And I mean, this is amazing. What you're doing right now needs to be, I think, told more to kids to say, yes, racing. It's science, but it's fun and you can put it all together. Well, without a doubt, Crash, that's what we do. You know what I mean? The, the thing about it is everybody here STEM, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Now they got new terminology called STEAM where you throw art in there too. So you can call it STEAM or STEM, which you want to do because it is the art of what we do. You know what I mean? And uh, the craziest part of it is, is that we're actually showing these students and we do it at the NHRA. NHRA has a youth education and service program at the races where we reach out to all the local high schools and junior colleges where we go at. And we bring them out and we show them how we take those STEM learning subjects and we put them to real world use. Like you see it right away. Like, hey, we bring this in. We do this. We do that. This is the cause and this is the effect. And we break it down every day where our deal is nothing but a big science experiment. Every time we come back to the trailer where we're sampling the air, we're sampling the racetrack, we're taking oil samples, diagnosing that, we're engineering, doing aerodynamic stuff, we're doing probability problems with mathematical equations and Excel spreadsheets and breaking all the knowledge down there where we're going, okay, we're doing this, doing this. When we did this, we did that. Then we're just doing it all out with data and we're breaking it down. And I, you always say statistician says the numbers don't lie nope. and they don't. But the trick is nitro always puts a unique spin on it where it makes things happen that are not necessary. You can figure out mathematically is more trial and error because nitromethane is a different bird when you're mixing it in with alcohol and you put in a race vehicle with a blower and you go from making Normal race cars make about 3,500 horsepower, like pro mods and alcohol dragsters. Then you go to a top fuel car that we're making close to 12,000 horsepower. That's a big jump, but that's what we do. We make that stem work for us. And all we do is the most efficient team wins on Sunday. The most efficient team wins the championship. And that's nothing but a probability problem because we can all do it different ways. But is always one way that's more better than the other. And the most efficient driver gets to talk to Congress and tell them how STEM is necessary for the future of everybody and all developmental aspects. Tell us what you did in front of, well, in front of everyone at Washington, D.C. this weekend and why it was so important. Well, I got to talk in front of the committee and it was a really necessary means about the RPM Act. And to be honest with you, what a lot of people don't realize is that the EPA, the EPA comes down and they enforce law on everybody where they they don't have anybody that's governing them and keeping them in check. And, you know, if you go to California, which I think California is one of the most strictest states that we have in the country. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yes. You know what I mean? Where it comes to like CO2, carbon dioxide, transportation, you have to have battery operated cars all the other stuff of that such nature. Well, if they have it in their laws for their state that you could take standardized vehicles and modify them into race cars and it's okay and commit at closed circuit racing 
and promote motorsports in that state, why do we have a problem putting that in law, in federal law, that goes across the whole country, where it will protect motorsports, period. Like, if it wasn't for us being able to modify street legal vehicles or motor vehicles when I was a kid, I would never be Antron Brown today. I took a street bike, modified it, and made it a drag racing bike. I'm cutting you off for a reason. What's the EPA's fear with modifying, whether it's motorcycles or four-wheel automobiles? Well, the EPA states at the end of the day is that they want to go after the bad actors. And what they mean is about the people who, like the corporations that make parts and pieces, and they said they're really going after the diesel truck industry, Hmm. that they modify diesel trucks, change them and everything else. Well, what they're saying is they want to go after all these different companies, but they've been on the clock going after different companies and shutting these companies down when they were legitimate companies and they weren't they weren't breaking the law. You get what I mean? They weren't changing or doing nothing. And this RPM Act will protect them. And they said, no, we don't, we're not going to do nothing with racing. But then when you look at it, they have cases that are on the record back from 2020 and 2021 where it stated that we don't care if you modify a standard motor vehicle that's not allowed and, and basically just crushed it. You get what I mean? So everything that they were saying that they wouldn't do, it shows that they were doing it. Hmm. You get what I mean? And all the RPM Act is, is to protect our industry. 